All right, guys, my name is Julian Castle. I'm a partner of the Real Estate Investors Group. And today I have Cody. Cody is from Blue Oak Capital. And he's going to be sharing with us his journey from being a nurse to becoming a real estate investor and having his own, you know, asset management firm. So Cody, thank you for coming on. And I am looking forward to this call. Could you start by mentioning some, you know, kind of like what you were doing before you started doing real estate investing? Welcome to Elevate America, where we help your American dream come true. We share stories of hope, teamwork, and personal growth. Together, we'll explore stories that inspire us all to reach new heights. Hope you enjoy, learn, and subscribe. And now, let's meet some big dreamers. I'm Julian Castle, and it's time to Elevate America. Yeah, sure. And, and thanks for having me, Julian. I appreciate the opportunity to be here and looking forward to this conversation. But, you know, my journey started in 2008. I graduated college. My wife and I were natives of Louisiana. So we finished college, moved straight to Houston, Texas to start our corporate backgrounds, which was in healthcare. My wife and I are both registered nurses. And, you know, we saw career opportunities in Houston versus Louisiana. And so we relocated and you know, started out of the gate working in the healthcare system here. And, you know, it was interesting. I, I started with the ambition to climb the corporate healthcare ladder. You know, I wanted to eventually go back to school, get a master's degree and pursue, you know, other opportunities aside from just direct patient care. And what was interesting about that time frame, though, is, you know, if you remember 2008, 2010, it's just right in the heart of the great financial crisis, right? Yeah. And I was watching people that I was working with uh, that were in much later stages of their career, you know, people that have been working 30 plus years that were kind of getting near that retirement window per se. Yeah. And they were decimated. I mean, they were just absolutely crushed. You know, all of their retirement assets were wiped out. Um, yeah. You know, th they were just fearful of what their outcome was going to be. You know, could they even retire in the next few years as they had planned because of that devastation? And that was really eye-opening for me as as somebody who just started my career and and thinking I knew what financial freedom was and what it meant to kind of work towards retirement. I yeah. saw these people being impacted by that. And I started to question, you know, the legitimacy of, you know, investing in a 401k and, and retirement accounts and, and things like that. And so I kind of started on this journey of self-learning and self-education, learning how to invest in equities and other alternative asset types. And it was around that same time frame, in about 2010, my wife and I, we sold our starter home. We moved into a second home. I'm sorry. We tried to sell our starter home. We moved into a second home and the housing market was still in the dumps and we couldn't sell it. And we ended up becoming an actual landlord. We just had to, we had to lease it out because we couldn't afford to pay two mortgages. And we became actual landlords. And that was my introduction to the world of real estate. Yeah. And it was through that that we can get on, you know, on, go down further if you'd like, but it was through that experience. And, and after realizing the benefits of having investment real estate, that my entire outlook on financial literacy and financial independence and true wealth building completely changed. And I started on the path to be a real estate entrepreneur since and haven't looked back. So that's amazing. So 
you you had like this idea of financial freedom kind of like climbing the corporate ladder and you i mean first for someone to be able to for someone to want to climb the corporate ladder you have to have some kind of traits of like i'm i'm the best i deserve it i i want to be at the top would you say that that's something that you add in in that in that outlook before you discovered real estate investing yeah i was definitely driven for sure i mean you know i grew up in a household that valued education very similar to most of your audience right is yeah the the having a formal education was drilled in into me from the time that i was very very young and so you know i was always driven and goal oriented and always had the idea and pursuit of further education because you know what i was brought up to believe was that you needed a college degree and you needed master's level degrees and such to kind of get these high paying jobs and 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 really get a financial stability so to speak so i just applied that same work ethic to the mentality of okay i'm going to go down this corporate career ladder now it, as a registered nurse and just as a personality i'm i'm kind of type a personality i'm very structured and very detail oriented and so that's very applicable to the nursing nursing field when you're doing direct patient care especially in the environment that I came in I did ICU critical care for for years and you have to be you have to have kind of that type A personality to to survive in that but I was able to kind of apply that to my career path you know and so yeah. I knew very early on before I even graduated with my bachelor's degree okay, in two years, I'm going to get my experience and I'm going to go start applying to school and I'm going to go in, in the next three years, get an education, a master's degree education and things like that. So it was definitely applicable there. Do you need those traits? No, but that was just, yeah. it worked for me. So yeah. Yeah. So those are some traits that you knew that you had and you kind of acted upon them and they happened to be really great when it comes to real estate investing. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, there there's some of those traits that are definitely transferable, right? When you think about real estate investing as a whole, you're running a small business. If you're doing it the right way, you're, you're running and operating a small business. Well, what do you need to run an effective business? Well, you need to be disciplined. You need to have systems in place and you need to be detail-oriented and you need to be driven, right? And so, yeah, there a lot of what I was doing in my own corporate career and just, just innately who I was, was very transferable to real estate investing for sure. That's great. And and so it's amazing to hear that because a lot of people don't start off in real estate unless they have a real estate family background. And so given that you came from, you know, more of a blue collar work environment to being a real estate investor, then then it's it's incredible that some of like some of those traits actually are really good for that. Yeah. And here's the thing on that topic, Julian, is I think, look, to be a successful real estate entrepreneur, investor, whatever, there's no one shoe that fits all, right? I mean, everybody has a character trait or everybody has a skill set that can be applied to, to your investing and such. And so I think it's just important for a lot of people to recognize what that skill set is and then go leverage it, you know, go put it to work and go build a business around that skill set. And I really encourage that to anybody. You don't have to be like me, you know, and if you look at all the successful real estate investors in the space, it's everyday people, you know, it's not people that came from, like you said, you know, big corporate backgrounds or big real estate backgrounds. It's just everyday people like you and I, who are trying to take control of our financial future. So, you know, hopefully a word of encouragement for everyone. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and one of the things that you mentioned in the intro, which was that you kind of fell into being a landlord. And, and that's when you realized 
after also doing some research on financial literacy, that that is actually a good vehicle. And so I want to know what belief changed then when you realized that real estate can bring some financial income that would withstand a lot of these other jobs, you know, like being a nurse and, you know, in any downturn, you know, everybody needs a house and, and you know, that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think for me, it started with number one, the, the just basic principle of somebody's living in my home and paying my mortgage. And in, in the meantime, the value of that property I knew over time was going to appreciate. You don't have to be a real estate investor to know real estate appreciates over time. And yeah, it has cycles, but you hold real estate long-term, you're going to be okay. Right. And so I, I knew just having, you know, a property that I could call a rental home was going to be a long-term benefit if I could just hold on to it. But then somebody else is living in my house and they're paying the mortgage. I'm like, this is great. You know, I, all I have to do is just make sure they pay the rent every month. It wasn't really until I met with my CPA though, is what really changed everything for me because that year, you know, 2010 tax year, when I went to go meet my accountant and I got my refund check and, and whatnot back, I was like, Whoa, how, how is this possible? Like what, what is, what's going on? You know? And it was, it was through that that meeting, my, my CPA said, this is what happens when you own investment real estate. Real quick guys, no ads here, just real stories. The only ask I have is you spread the word, rate, review, or share this podcast. It may inspire someone out there to reach new heights. This is the power of real estate investing is you get tax incentives and tax benefits that some other asset types don't have. And that was the light bulb moment for me. That was like, oh, so I can generate passive income from somebody else living in my properties, paying the note, and I get a little bit of cash flow off that every month. I get appreciation over the long term if I just hold th this property. And now the government's giving me tax incentives to own this property. I was like, this is this is the perfect, you know, perfect trinity. You can't you can't beat yeah. that. And so that was really the light bulb moment for me. And that's what really shifted my thinking to really focus predominantly on real estate as the preferred vehicle for me and my financial plan. So that's great. And I want to know the progression. What happened next? Like you obviously found out this incredible opportunity of real estate. And then what, did you buy a couple of single families and start renting them out? Or did you jump into multifamily right away? There, There's, there's something there that, you know, that, that happened. So we're very eager to know. Yeah, for most people that are, I don't know if they're able to watch this video recording, but I'm smiling and laughing because what happened next was many years of doing a bunch of bonehead things. And so I was, <laughs> I was much younger at the time. I think in 2010, I was 24 and I, I had this newfound excitement of I'm going down this path, right? I was just like, oh my God, like my life is about to change. But I started chasing shiny objects because of that enthusiasm, right? Any, any and every opportunity that came my way, I felt like, okay, it's the next best thing. Yeah. And what that did is it led me down this path to kind of look at other different strategies to accumulate, you know, capital short-term things like 
multi-level marketing companies and other kind of business ventures and stuff. So I kind of started doing some of that because I was like, well, I need money. I need to go buy more real estate, but I didn't have a lot of cash. You know, I just started my career two years before. So I start, I saw, I got into wholesale. I was like, okay, well, great. Real estate wholesale is a great way to go build some equity without the, you know, a lot of capital contribution. I can go do that. Man, that lasted all for about two seconds. I, I think I realized really quickly, I was just like, oh, this sucks. I got to send out all these direct mail mark, you know, campaigns and I got to make all these cold calls and, you know, I got to spend all this time doing all these different strategies. And then I, I just didn't feel like I was going to be able to get the momentum that I was looking for out of that, you know? And so to kind of, I guess, make a very long story short, I tried a bunch of different things. I tried wholesale and I tried, again, some non-real estate related business ventures in between there, all with the intent to just like, hey, how can I increase my liquidity? How can I build more capital so I can go and buy more properties? And I was building my network at the time. I was kind of getting involved in the local networking circles around Houston, trying to meet as many people as I can. And you know, I, I committed to a long three-year process of going down, pursuing a, a franchise business that was non-real estate related. And to give you a long, again, make a long story short, I lost about a hundred and probably a hundred twenty, hundred thirty thousand dollars conservatively down through that process and got nowhere in three years. And most importantly, I lost a lot of time yeah. and it took, it took me going through that experience. It, to kind of finally have an inflection point, my wife, I love her to death. She sat, she sits me down. This is, I don't know, 2000, probably 17, 18. And she sits me down and she says, Hey, you need to get focused. You, you know, you keep trying all these things. Nothing ever works. You don't really seem to get any momentum, but you, you, you really need to get focused, pick a lane and just, you know, commit to it. And I, God bless her. I appreciate that conversation because it was she was right. She was absolutely right. You know, and I always knew that real estate was, was that vehicle choice. That was where my passion was. And so yeah. I did a couple, you know, I started getting back into the game actively and, and, and staying hyper-focused on just real estate. And I started out doing some single family flips, disaster, lost some money there. I learned, learned a lot of stupid mistakes through that. And going through that though, I was just like, look, I, I'm not building a business. Right. I'm going out there. I'm working myself into a second job. I'm not finding skill. I'm not finding momentum. I'm doing this all by myself. And I just, I wasn't enjoying the process. And that's what really led me to start looking at multifamily in, you know, 2018, early 2019, because I, I realized like, look, I'm putting in all this time and effort. I'm putting in all this work. I can be applying that same time and effort and work to multifamily that has much larger, much better economies of scale, much higher return time and effort. I should just go do that. And, and I get to work with other people, which I enjoyed. And so that's kind of how I got to, to multifamily. It took me several years of making some bonehead moves and, and getting some shiny object syndrome to finally realize that commercial real estate was where I really belonged, so to speak. That's great. Yeah. What a great story. Yeah. I think a lot of the listeners and myself can take from it that shiny object syndrome can affect all of us and we may feel that we're doing the best that we can and, and it really it's, it's a detriment to ourselves because we waste a lot of time yeah yeah I, I think look i think anybody getting into this vertical you know we all know real estate's a, a get rich slow game right and and i think you if you come in with the mentality of looking at the long term and knowing that 
you're not going to get rich overnight. It does take time. You have to be disciplined and focused and patient. If you if you can be disciplined enough to know that you you have to apply those characteristics or st- those mindsets to your business, you will be successful. It's just a matter of time. Uh, but you're, to your point, I see this all the time, and I it nearly kicked me out of business altogether. Where, yeah, you, you know, you're chasing the next best thing because everybody wants the next hit, or they want the next trend, or they want the next, you know, the next big thing. And yeah. it, the real estate doesn't work that way. Yeah. And, and so it was 2018 when you first started looking at multifamily apartments. Is that kind of like the, that's where the mindset started to shift towards, I need to grow and get to multifamily. That's where I was like, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to build a scalable business in single family. This is, this yeah. is not what I want to do. So I started with the intent to kind of migrate to multifamily, but it was in 2019, early 2019, where I started getting serious about committing to it and and, and putting that time and effort to to go that route. Got it. So 2019, and now we're in 2023, in the middle of the year, and and what has the fruits of your labor given you? Produced. <laughs> yeah, produced. You know. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's it's remarkable when you say that it's it's been 4 years, but a lot has transpired in the 4 years, but then I look back it's not a it's not a long period of time, but we've you know, we've built a a business now at, at Blue Capital. My partner and I we founded this company in late 2019, and we both came from the same mindset. We want to build a business that's long-lasting, sustainable that we can eventually pass down to future generations for our kids, right? And so we built this amazing platform and this amazing brand and company at Blue Capital. And we started going out there and partnering and aligning with other groups, other successful people in the space that kind of got our foot in the door. You know, so we we joined a, a mentorship program, a couple different masterminds to kind of get involved in, in the networks of other kind of movers and shakers and other, you know, respectable people in the space learned as much as we could from other experienced operators. And then we, we started partnering with other people. So today you fast forward, you know, we're general partners at about 950 multifamily units. We have a couple industrial properties as well that we're partnered in. So, you know, portfolio of call it roughly $150 million in assets under management that we've are participating in, in addition to passively investing, right? So, you know, applying our capital and putting it into passive positions in other people's deals. And so we've now have this infrastructure of a business that, that can grow over the long term and continue to, you know, acquire more assets. And our goal eventually is to get to where we're, we have a billion dollars in assets under management. Like that's the long-term goal to get over. So, but that's, you know, in four years, 950 multifamily units, couple industrial properties, you know, that's, it's a lot of work, but it's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really, it really, you know, obviously when you put it in the timeline and then you see like the amount of time that you spent on, you know, shiny objects, shiny objects, and then like the amount that you spent on actually focusing on one vehicle and all of that it produced, you know, it, it's very clear that the multifamilies are really good vehicle for wealth. And, and one thing is if you focus that you can get the most out of the situation that you're in. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, when you when you commit to something with conviction and you believe in it and you're 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 hyper focused on that, again, if you 
if you be, take the time and effort, you need to be an expert at that particular vertical and you just commit to it. And then, like you said, you just give it time. Your, your success is inevitable, you know? And, and I think going back to the conversation you and I were having a minute ago, this is where a lot of people, a lot of people fall short is they don't give it the time it needs. I mean, people see the success we have, you know, and I don't, I don't consider ourselves to be successful yet. We still have, we're just getting started. We have a long way to go in our journey. Right. But people look at us and they, you know, they commend us on all the things that we've accomplished. But what they don't see is, like you said, all of the years of heartache and mistakes and, and, you know, grinding behind the scenes that took us to get to that point. You know, yeah, we've, we've accumulated a lot in the last couple of years, but that there was years of work that led up into that, that really put us in a position to take advantage of those opportunities. So you got to be willing to put in the time and work to get there. And so don't cut yourself short. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's great. Which leads me kind of to the next section, which is in these past four years, what skills did you have to learn? <laughs> we, we, we've already talked about kind of some traits, you know, you're very driven, you, you want to go forward and, you know, you always, you're organized and all that. And so those bled into multifamily investing and also the belief of like, well, I know nursing is not going to get me there. And I saw all these people that their pensions were wiped out, you know, during 2008. And so now that you kind of, everything's aligning, like what skills, you know, did you have to learn or over time in order to be able to actually make this a, a reality? Yeah. You know, that, that's a, that's a great question. And I'll tell you the laundry list is, is incredibly long because there's so many different skills that you learn in this, going down this path. And, and I'll tell you, you know, when it comes to real estate specific skills, there's three primary responsibilities that you need to learn in the commercial real estate space, right? You need to learn how to evaluate and acquire deals. Yeah. You need to learn how to operate those deals and manage those deals. And yeah. then you need to learn how to find capital. You need to learn how to raise money so that way you could continue to grow your business, right? And all of those different responsibilities come with their own sets of skill sets that you need under those umbrellas. So like, you know, I look at my... I guess I look at all the things that I've acquired as far as skill sets. So, I mean, I've had to learn how to use Excel in a way that I've never had before. I had to learn how to read financial statements. That was so foreign to me. It was like, you know, I, I could look at Excel spreadsheet and see all these numbers. And I was like, what the, what the heck does all this mean? You know, yeah. and so learning, learning accounting, basic accounting on the fly, going through that. And so learning how to read financial statements, learning how to evaluate again, how do you buy a property and, and at what value to de-risk the deal or, or to, to make sure that you don't overpay, quote unquote, for opportunities? Yeah. You had to learn how to be a salesman. Yeah, I, you know, I had to learn how to, how to network with people in a way that builds trust and, and relationships with them that hopefully would lead them to want to invest with us, right? So, and are finding partners that want to partner with us. So there's a little bit of sales. You're, you're selling yourself every day in this business. Yeah. So you know, that was a big component of it as well. And then ultimately, you know, again, you're, if you're operating a small business, when you go buy a multifamily community, you're operating a small business. And so how to learning how to be a business operator, you know, learning how to put together a business plan and then go hire the right people to execute that business plan. So again, we, we, that's a whole nother podcast episode on all the different skills and responsibilities. But I mean, those are just a few I've had to acquire over the last few years, you know, just, just putting one foot in front of the other and, and 
just getting involved, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. So the, the big three is finding and evaluating and acquiring the right deals. Mm-hmm. It's like, is operating the deals. And I would, I would say that that's like adding value to them in order to forcibly mm-hmm. appreciate them. And then the third would be to find the money, raise money. And yeah. so, and so let, we don't have to go into them like deeply because obviously it's a very big topic that we would go on forever. But what are some kind of three things that you do to do that? You know, like, do you reach out to a mentor? Like, do you find a course on it? Do you read a book on it? Like, what what is that? Just like, what are some good channels to get better, more competent be- besides doing it? You know, obviously you probably learn a lot from it that you can do. Yeah. So look, I think we live in an amazing time today where we have access to quality information for free at the push of a button. You can listen to any podcast, you can go on YouTube, you can go on the internet and you can find credible sources for free information and free education that can give you a basic fundamental understanding of how, how to go and invest and invest the right way, right? Yeah. So number one, I, I definitely encourage anybody that started, when I started, I started by reading books, like finding the follower, the big influencers online that were active in the space and then going to follow them and read their books and, and their, you know, their different resources that they had available. So I definitely believe in those mediums, but yeah. the, the point about the mentorship is important. And I think this is huge. It's so critical that you find a mentor or a mentorship group that aligns with your values and aligns with your investment goals. And that has a proven track record of doing it because the one, the most important benefit you get from a mentor is not only just learning, okay, how to do this or how to evaluate properties or how to look at numbers and, you know, all those different things, the most valuable, valuable opportunity that you can get from working with a mentor is learning what mistakes to avoid. Right. And that lesson alone will save you hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars when it comes to investing in these type of assets. So I absolutely encourage anybody to get into a, you know, a good mentorship program as if you're, if you're going to do, if you're going to do this, right, you have to have a mentorship program to, to get started. And then the, the third thing I would tell you too, is eventually you can only be stuck studying for so long. You can only be stuck, you know, talking to coaches and mentors and such for so long. Eventually you're going to have to take that leap of faith and go put your, you know, your learning and education into action. And, and I, to your point, I, I've learned more <laughs> by getting involved and by making those decisions to, to start actively investing. I've learned more through that than I have through anything else. Now, I don't tell people to go get careless and just go, you know, just go jump in it head first, not knowing what you're doing, but eventually you're, you're going to have to get out of that, out of get, have to get out of your own head and get out of your own way and go put it, go apply what you're learning and put it into action. So, but yeah, I think long story, long winded answer to your question, but yeah, there's a ton of free resources online. Take advantage of that podcast, eBooks, books. If you like reading, get into a mentorship program and then eventually just go take action and go start investing. Yeah. That's amazing. Gotcha. Okay. So I think people have an understanding now even myself, of what it takes to do multifamily successfully. <laughs> now, I kind of want to talk about a little bit about 
the volume. So I know that everything is, you, you, you know, success is usually doing the boring things or, you know, over and over again until, you know, you, you just make, make it happen. Right. And so when it comes to someone that's like already learned something from a mentor or from a book or, or something, and it's starting to, for example, this first step would be like to look at deals. Like what is the amount of volume? Like what is the volume that you have to do in order for you to actually see a return? Because you could be doing too little of it and take 10 years to, to, to hit your goal. But if you're going full in like yourself at, at some point, this has been four short years, you know, what kind of volume do you have to do in order to, to actually get the, the, the results faster? Yeah, that's, that's a, it's a tough question to answer because there's, there's no one right answer to that. Right. I will tell you this, you get in your business, what you, you get out of your business, what you put in. Yeah. Right. So if you're only evaluating one deal a year, then, you know, you're, you're not giving yourself enough opportunity to, to really evaluate the market and see what opportunities are out there. Right. You know, you have to, you have to kind of find what works for you and, and what type of growth, uh, do you want to experience? You know, if you, if you're looking for accelerated growth and if you're looking for accelerated opportunity and you want to give yourself a competitive advantage, then yeah, the more, the more deals you're looking at, the, the better, you know, but that takes time. It takes resources and you know, it's, it's a commitment. And I'll give you an example last year in 2021 and 2022, you know, the, the market was, I mean, extremely hot. I mean, every, every apartment deal on this block in every city was for sale. Right. And so, I mean, every year of the last two years, I've looked at over 350 deals, you know, underwritten over 350 deals, you know, just to buy one, we bought one last year and we partnered on another, you know, so it's a lot of, it's a lot of churn and burning just to get one deal. And so just to give you an idea on what it takes, that's what it took for us to kind of just get one deal. Now the market's different now and things are a little slower, deal flows slower, but going back to the, the root of your question, I think it just depends on what you want to get out of it. If you want to move faster and you want to grow faster, then you have to be willing to, to put in that extra work, to do that extra volume. You know, if you're, if you're finding, if you're the responsible for finding deals, you need to be looking at, you know, let's just say, for example, 10 to 20 deals a week or a month, uh, you know, you'd be looking at a hundred deals a year at least to give yourself an opportunity just to find one, you know, for every hundred deals that you look at, you may find one or two. That's an actual good deal that you should really pursue on. So if you're, you know, if you're a capital raiser, if you want to go, you know, raise millions of dollars, well, you need to be networking with as many new investors as you can every week and every month, every year to build your database of, of potential investors. So, Again, it's a very difficult question to answer, but it's all a question about how fast do you want to grow? If you want to grow slow, then yeah, obviously you don't need as much volume, but if you really want to accelerate, which you need to, to give yourself a competitive advantage, then, then you got to, you got to put in the work. Yeah. I would totally agree with the input equals output yeah. Yeah, scenario. So uh, that's great. And I want to talk about a little bit about the management of things. Do you have a how many team members do you have? So we have, we have two, it's myself and another partner. And then we, we did have a team of VAs and such like that, that we're using for some other work, but that's really it. Got it. 
And so how important is it to learn management skills? Extremely important. I will tell you this. So acquisitions and capital raising in the, in the commercial space, get all the glory. Like you go to all the conferences and you, you hear all the big numbers, like those two are the, the two things that are highlighted the most is, okay, we bought a hundred million dollars and we've raised 10 million. Like everybody's giving those guys high five. It's the management piece. It's the management piece. That's the most important, right? Cause you can have a great business plan on paper, but can you go execute it? That's the big question mark. It takes a lot. It takes a lot of skill to go and, and operate that as a business owner, you know, can you hire the right people? Can you vet the right partners? Can you, you know, do you know how to build a business and manage a business in a way that it grows? It's the most important skill set that you need to learn in this business and such. And so, you know, and, and it comes through, again, it comes through some of the things that we've talked about already, you know, having a mentor and stuff like that, that's, that's grown a business that's operating these communities and such like that to really rely on leaning heavily on partnering with other experienced operators. This is huge. I'm, I'm so big on this, man. If you're just trying to get started, if you really want to get started and get your foot in the door, go partner with other people who are experienced, you know, go find a way to add value to them and their team and learn from their experiences and learn from their skill sets that they have. That way you can go apply it to your business and your management skills that you need to learn. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that's big. Yeah. Huge. So uh, great. So I think, so we definitely covered a lot of things coming back to some of the mentorship that you spoke about. Could you share some of the mentors that are, have taken that role at, that have been in, in your life? Oh man. Yeah. So many. So we're, we're a great, we're part of a great community and the Wilbur Profits community, Jake, Jake Stendiano and Gino Barbaro, two amazing guys in the space that just, I feel have just a, such a high degree of integrity. So really been enjoying a being a part of their, their network for the last three, four years that were part of the make it happen mastermind, you know, Marco Barbaro and, and Hadar Kivi, also two phenomenal guys in the space that I just have a tremendous amount of respect for Devin elders, DJE, Ruben Dominguez, apartment educators here in Texas, also another great mastermind we're a part of. So guys like that have all been influential to us and our business just from the relationships and the, the network that they've cultivated that we've been able to be a part of, it's, it's just been tremendous. And I mean, man, just people in the space in general. I mean, you look at guys like Joe Fairless and, you know, Dan Hanford and and Neil Bawa, like all of those guys are people that I, although I don't know them on a personal level, I've spoken to them, but I don't know them on a personal level. It's, I, I still consider them mentors because I learned from them you know, through their different resources, right? I'm always looking at the content that they put out or the resources that they're providing to, to learn from them indirectly as well. So a mentor doesn't have to be somebody that you're just talking to every day or, or like this. It could be anybody that just influences you and inspires you to go and be a better investor. So that's great. And I, I think maybe one of the last important things that we should, should touch on are, you know, you have a partner. You know, and, and I know that when you started this journey in real estate investing, you were by yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I know that at some point you had a, a shift to go into multifamily and yeah. now you have a partner. So could you talk about what it was like to get a partner? Like, how did you go about choosing your partner? And, you know, what are the reasons that you chose your partner? And, and like, 
because because I guess that's a very important decision. You know, it's like you're building a business together. So, so yeah, yeah, good question, and I, and we'll kind of set the foundation here. I think most people that come from the single family space to multifamily struggle with that transition because in the single family space, you're you're buried to entry so low that you can work independently or solo and have success. You don't need a bunch of partners, a bunch of people around you, right? Yeah. And there's debate, depending on who you talk to in the commercial space, some people will argue like, oh, you don't need partners and stuff to do. Well, you, I would disagree. You do. It's a team sport when you, especially if you want to build your business on a large scale, you need a team around you. So having team members are, are so critical and partners are so critical. And you have to realize this too. People have to accept. Yes, you have skill sets, but you also have flaws. You also have things that you're not good at. And so part of being a responsible business owner and investor is recognizing those areas of opportunity. And in, in my opinion, instead of trying to fix them, acknowledge them and just go find the people that have those complementary skill sets that you don't, right? So to, to get to your question about, well, how did I choose my partner? And, you know, how did I know that that was the right partner I wanted to work with? Well, it didn't just happen, but it started with evaluating my own personal attributes. You know, what am I good at? What am I not good at? And where do I need the most help at? Right. And once I knew what those three things were, I could then go be intentful about who I was networking with and who I needed to really work with to kind of help complement, you know, those areas that I, I needed. So my partner is kind of interesting. We met through networking. Networking is huge. That's one of the most important things you should be doing every day in your business. But I met my partner. Hey, real quick, guys, boost your productivity with time boxing. Even big names like Elon Musk swear by it. We've got a cool sheet to help you out. Grab yours at bit.ly slash timebox sheet. If you don't like it, there's a 30 day money back guarantee. Through a mutual friend, he got us connected and, uh, you know, he we sat down and we had a lunch meeting and, and we kind of talked about our goals and our values and, and what, what our vision was for, you know, our financial path, so to speak. And, and we had a great synergy and alignment of interest, but then it was like, okay, well, we got to make sure that we can work, really work together. Right. And so yeah. what we did is we started going through the motions of looking at the business together without forming that formal partnership. So we started looking at opportunities together. We started analyzing notes and, and thoughts together on different deals and different properties. We started going on property tours together, things like that. And it was through going through those motions and really kind of going through those exercises that really kind of solidified the synergy as well. Okay. We are truly aligned. We do, we do share this value proposition and, and the same values that we feel is sustainable for a partnership. And so that's what really led us to form our company there after going through those, you know, exercises, testing the waters, so to speak. So gotcha. yeah. Hey, real quick guys, no ads here, just real stories. Are you thinking of owning multifamily properties? Let's do it together. Join my multifamily cohort. We'll learn from experts and help each other buy that first multifamily property. Head over to multifamilycohort.com. So you started to regard him as a partner, even though you guys were informally partners and doing things together and then seeing how that relationship actually was. And then that made, that was the basis for your decision of becoming partners. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like I said, I finding somebody that I aligned with and then 
finding some, like making sure that that was actually a good working partnership. And then once we kind of got through those first two steps and yeah, I was like, okay, let's make this formal then. And so. That's amazing. Got it. Well, I think we're closing out now. What, what is some kind of deals that you can have someone send you either a broker listening or maybe some person that has off market deals, you know, what is something that they can send you or, you know, how can they add value to you? Appreciate that. For me, you know, the one thing that I'm looking for is partners that either want to invest with us passively or partners that want to invest with us actively and provide a supportive role to our team. You know, so we, we have the resources and we have the team to go out and find the deals and acquire deals and, and the property management experience, so to speak with that. So what we're looking for is people that are looking to get an opportunity, whether it's to raise capital, whether it's to help out with some of the other, you know, I guess operational things like that. But if there's anybody that's listening on this call that are looking for opportunities like that, please reach out to me. I'll share some information with you here in a bit, but uh, that's our biggest focus we're looking for. And if, it, if you're in central Texas, I'm based in Houston, we focus on central Texas and uh, you want to look at opportunities together here, just let me know. Got it. Cool. So in, in a word of where can people find you? You know, where do you find Cody? Are you on Instagram, on LinkedIn? You know, what's your website? Yeah, yeah, I'm everywhere, man. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. D. Cody Laughlin is my handle. My website is www.blueoakinvest.com. But for your audience, Julian, if if the audience will do you a favor, if they will go to any of the streaming platforms, make sure to leave your rating, rating review. Take a screenshot of that rating or review and text me 832-743-1400 and I will personally reach out to you to schedule a discovery call. Okay. That sounds great. Amazing, Cody. So thank you so much for having this podcast with the Real Estate Investors Group. And I look forward to doing maybe a follow-up call and maybe going into a little bit of deeper detail or for any new things that come up. So I look forward to that and thank you so much. Yeah, man. My pleasure. Looking forward to that as well. Thanks. Okay. Awesome. All right. Thanks for joining us on Elevate America. We hope this story inspired you as much as it inspired us. If it did, please give us a rating, leave a review, and tell your friends. Let's keep the dream alive. I'm Julian Castle. Until next time, dream big and reach for new heights.